Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the CodeCast. I am Daniel. I'm Yessie. And I'm Ashley. And today we're going to be talking about our experience with Ring and also why we no longer have it. I moved into my house in January of 2015. I lived here alone for a whole year. During that time, there was a small incident. Some kids decided that they would take my neighbor's mailbox and put their mailbox in my front yard. I wasn't home at the time, and so I arrived home, and there was this mailbox in my yard. It may seem silly, but it really scared me because I lived alone. I knew it was kids, but if they thought that was funny... What else would they do that they would think would be funny? So I told my mom that I would like to have a ring doorbell. So I would have some kind of peace of mind. And if something were to happen, I could send recordings to her or to my dad or to my brothers and ask them to tell me, you know, who is this? What's going on? Should I be worried? In December of 2015, I got a ring doorbell for Christmas. I was very excited. And actually, Daniel moved in shortly after. So before I ever even got to use it, I actually had a roommate. So I wasn't living alone anymore. So it's kind of funny that that's how it worked out. Daniel, what were your first impressions of the ring doorbell? I liked it. I liked being able to Not necessarily know who was at the door, but know somebody was at the door and you could talk to them without having to open the door. Right. I know there was an incident that happened. um, I think it was shortly after you moved in, actually. There was this random guy who decided to offer to rake our yard. He didn't really concern me because I know, like, we live in a neighborhood and, like, that kind of thing happens. People need to make money, you know. So I wasn't really concerned, but I sent it to my brother and then next thing I know I see it on like next door and stuff. I think it made him uncomfortable more than it made me uncomfortable which was interesting Um, but it was nice to have it so we could talk to them and say you know no thank you because even if we wanted somebody to break our yard um, I'm not going to just trust anyone around my house and we didn't have the money to pay them. It really made a difference that we had this recording and we didn't have to just kind of like hide out in the house and wait for them to leave. We could actually be proactive about answering the door without having to open the door. Setup was pretty easy. It was pretty usable. We didn't really have any major problems with it, at least on the iPhone that I can remember. Not that I can remember either. So we used Ring for a while with no real issues, but then they would occasionally break things and make the app hard to use with voiceover. And so when that would happen, I would reach out to them and say, hey, I'm a voiceover user. I noticed some accessibility issues with the app. And it was like their customer service was really awesome. The people who would like talk to you on Twitter, they were really great. I mean, really no problems with them at all. Um, but beyond that, like to actually help them with accessibility was kind of a pain, um, to get to the right person was kind of a pain. Um, eventually I did get 
a meeting scheduled with someone. It wasn't someone who was focused on accessibility and it wasn't a developer, <laughs> but it did get the message across. I was able to help them fix their iPhone app as well as their Mac app. Because I did this, um, I was also invited to join the Ring Explorers. And that's just their beta testing community. I was very excited because I was like, well, maybe I can help them with accessibility and like make sure any new product that they release is accessible. And to an extent, I believe I did that. The coolest thing is that I got to test the ring alarm before it came out. I also tested like the Amazon Echo integration that they have. It was really cool because you could like use your echo to answer the door and like it would tell you, you know, when there was motion or whatever. You could also use the echo to arm and disarm the alarm system. And so all that integration was actually really nice. We had two different ring doorbells and for the most part, they both worked as expected. The ring pro we actually purchased that because we thought, oh, they're going to have HomeKit capability. And then it never happened. It was delayed, delayed again, delayed again. You know, <laughs> they got bought out by Amazon. So people are like, oh, it's never going to happen because of Amazon. But they claimed it still would, but then it never did. <laughs> so, yeah. It's still never happening. Right. It still hasn't happened. And um, yeah, we've actually ditched Ring, so we're not even using it anymore. <laughs> so it's kind of funny. For me, that's kind of what took it downhill, honestly. Okay. Once they got bought out by Amazon, I felt like they simply didn't care about accessibility. I can definitely see that. And I definitely had more of an issue feeling like my voice was being heard after they were bought out by Amazon. I think that's why there is really a need to have testing specific to accessibility because when you throw us in with everyone else, like what they wanted to know about was like feature requests and how like the average user was going to was going to take using their new app or whatever. That's fine if you're just an average user, but I feel like it's important to have someone testing for accessibility when you are coming out with new products. It did kind of rub me the wrong way. So I, I'm glad you, you brought that up, that it did seem sort of like they, they cared less about accessibility. They do have this app called Rapid Ring, which... If you're just trying to access the live view of your Ring device, or if you are just trying to get like notifications when the doorbell is rang or like when there's motion, Rapid Ring is really good and it's really fast. Because one thing that they did over time, they just added more and more to the Ring app and tried to make it more, I guess, visually appealing <laughs> and work the way maybe sighted people would expect it to and which made it really sluggish and really hard to get anything done with voiceover um and like the live view would crash all the time 
I mean, this is like in the actual release of the app. This is not a beta test thing. I wouldn't, you know, be talking about it if it was just in in a beta test. This is like you could experience it yourself. I think it's a little bit better than it used to be, but for a while it was bad. How did you guys feel about the accessibility of the actual devices and how all the devices work together? So like the Ring Alarm and the Ring Pro and the Echo devices and everything like how did you feel about those and how everything worked together? I thought that stuff was super awesome. Like that, that was that was the biggest thing that I liked about having all that integrated together. Is to, to me it helped with some of the accessibility issues of the actual app. It was it was really fluid together. Like if if someone came to the door, if somebody rang the doorbell, you would know immediately through your phone, through your Echo. Um, and then um, they were both easy to control through the phone, through the Echo. Um, the cameras were pretty accessible to set up and to um, use. So like, I felt like all, th- all of them together made a good team. I like Daniel's point about having access to the integration with the Echo Dot and with the alarm system itself, helping with some of the accessibility issues with the app itself, because you don't necessarily have to use the app. Um, Like when we had Ring Alarm, we never really used the app to arm and disarm it. And occasionally we would. And it was usable, but like... The buttons were really weird with voiceover. And, you know, once you figure it out, it's fine. But, like, it's nice not to have to even worry about it. You can just tell the Echo Disarm Ring and give it your code, and there you go. And I felt like that was very useful for in some use cases where people weren't, you know, uh, comfortable using the app or couldn't use the app for whatever reason. Um, or if we were, you know, in the morning time, it was time to take out the dogs, and you were trying to run around and get everything done. Um, using the Echo was faster and more user-friendly than the app was. Definitely. Now, if they add um, Ring Alarm integration into Rapid Ring, that would be amazing. Because that app is so oh. fast and so accessible, that would really make things a lot better <laughs> for a long time. Ring was the only platform or the only video doorbell that I knew for a fact was accessible. Um, There are other options that other people have used. I know, Ashley, you have some experience with this. I have a little bit of experience with it as well. It's not a doorbell, but they they make like light fixtures and it's called Kuna. And my stepmom got one and I tried it and it's cool. It's really cool, but it's not accessible. And I'm like, there's no way I can't switch to something that's just not accessible at all. Um, you know, I'm always, I always have people staying with me or living with me who rely on voiceover completely. So I'm not going to get something they just straight up can't use. And, um, this, device required somebody to come over here and replace my my light fixture outside and um 
I don't like to bother people. So, um, so that wasn't happening <laughs> for, for all those reasons. <laughs> but, um, ring for the longest time was the only thing I knew for, for a fact was accessible. I've had experience with um, something called Zimoto cameras um, and some other kind of camera, which I forget, like Vizzy or Vizio or some, some other random <laughs> cameras and doorbells uh, that aren't accessible. Um, and like the doorbell that I've seen is really cool. You can do some cool stuff with it, but it's not accessible. Um, same with the cameras. The app wasn't accessible. You couldn't do like live views or anything. And one thing people say when we tell them, like, this device is not accessible. The app that they have for this device is not accessible. Like, people who don't use accessibility features don't really understand. And they're like, oh, well, just reach out to them and, and tell them to fix it. And they'll probably work with you. And it's like, maybe they will, maybe they won't. You know, if it's a small company, they're more likely to if they feel like they can. Um, but if it's a bigger company, like a lot of times it's hard to even get them to notice you. Um, you know, and they just kind of like, oh, maybe we'll add it later on. Oh, we'll try to fix that. And like, <laughs> look at look at what we're dealing with with, with Clubhouse right now. Like, they're a small team, right? But like, they're still not really talking to us. They're still not really dealing with us directly. It's still like each individual issue is kind of its own thing. Like it's a feature request. And I don't mind reaching out to companies and trying to get them to make things more accessible. I love it actually, but I don't get paid for it. So, you know, it's draining and it's nice to just have something that you just know works. And even though Ring wasn't perfect, for the most part, it just worked. I didn't really have too many major issues with it. So, you know, we stuck with it for a long time. We, um, we had it from 2015 all the way through uh, the end of 2020. I knew that it would work. And I knew that... Um I, you know, rapid ring existed, and I didn't, for me, I just have cameras, the, the stick-up cameras, so I just plopped them down uh, where they needed to go, got them attached to something so they don't fly off, and they stay, and I can just open rapid ring, look at the views, um, the echo, the phone, tell me when they go off, and that's that, but if I, you know, if I found something that would work for my situation I would most likely switch to something else um, I got ring when I knew it worked and I didn't really know there was other op options I still think ring is the best in terms of like the different types of options they offer I mean you know they start at like a hundred dollars and they go up from there and you know you have doorbells that require being wired in they have doorbells that don't necessarily require being wired in they have the stick-up cams they have cameras um that have lights on them they have floodlight cams where you have to like wire that into like a floodlight 
um, system, they have uh, door cameras that you just like put through your peephole. They have um, indoor cameras that you just you just kind of sit around, you know. So they have so many different options, and then once you're paying for it, because that's the thing, you know, <laughs> you have to pay. Um, for your video storage but once you're paying for it you know you can just keep adding cameras and not have to pay any more not have to use any different apps and it just you just get used to it and it becomes harder and harder to switch to something else and like in my case we had so we had ring here we had a doorbell camera here and then my mom, she has two cameras. So she has my old um, my old ring doorbell before I got the Pro. Um, and then she also has a ring video doorbell too. And so it's it was nice that in the same app, I could switch between her house and my house and see everything that's going on. And she can see everything that's going on if I want her to. I think it still offers the most options, honestly. Yeah, I agree. Um, I just wish they would make the Ring app a little more accessible. Um, but yeah. Um, no, and if I, since I have so many cameras, I have to pay for uh, <laughs> storage um, in case I need videos in the future. Um, or um, I, you know, I can get, uh, install the alarm and have the alarm for, uh, at some point if I, um, when I get that, um, install the alarm and I have monitoring for the alarm. I also saw that they were coming out with a super, like a $60 camera. Um. Oh yeah, I, for, I did forget about that. That's the indoor one, right? Is that the indoor one? I believe it is, yeah. I think it is. Um, they, yeah, they have something a, for like fifty nine dollars or sixty bucks. It's a it's a doorbell. Um, it oh, it is a it, all the features, but it is a doorbell. Well, that's good. I'm glad that you know the price is coming down. I think that is one positive benefit to having them bought out by Amazon. They can release hardware for cheaper because they've been bought out. That's sort of good. And then they have like um lighting and stuff that you can also integrate with your ring um cameras and doorbells and and alarm system <laughs> so you can they have a lot of options i mean that other competitors don't necessarily have uh, at least not all rolled into one thing you know you have to be kind of comfortable with like smart home stuff with other companies and kind of set up all that stuff on your own, which of course we are comfortable with that. So that's not a problem for us, but for like the average user, you know, rings like here, we got lights and we got uh, doorbells and we got an alarm system and you can just get it all. You can get it all from us and, you know, give us all your money. <laughs> So we've been looking at other options for a while. So how about telling them what we've been looking at and um, what we were looking for as far as to make us switch away from Ring? So the biggest thing that we wanted was something that worked with HomeKit. Like that was the biggest reason why we switched away. 
re-wanted something that of course was accessible but then you know we also wanted all the integration but we wanted it with HomeKit this time rather than having to deal with all the six or so echo devices we had around this house at one point we were looking for various home kit options we were even tempted to go the route of using hoobs or the starling home hub which will basically allow you to make pretty much any device you want to work with home kit work with home kit well the starling fame. home hub works specifically with nest products and Hoobs works with all kinds of products. I mean, um, even Roomba, oh, yeah. for instance. <laughs> yep. You can tell your vacuum cleaner robot to start cleaning up your house. We were contemplating those ideas. Yeah, because we are really big on HomeKit. We've been using HomeKit for years. Um, if you listen to this podcast regularly, you probably already know that because we have all kinds of HomeKit stuff. <laughs> Um, so we knew we wanted it to work with HomeKit, not only just because that's what we use, but also because we knew it would be accessible and even better if it not only supported HomeKit, but also HomeKit secure video. And that means that you're not uploading your videos to some other company. It's stored securely in iCloud. And that just felt like a better option for us, especially since we already pay for iCloud storage. We could just have our, our doorbell videos there as well. Ultimately, what made us switch is the release of a doorbell we knew would work well for us, which we are going to record a separate podcast episode about, and we'll actually review it for you. But um, that's what actually did it. It was a doorbell that was released that features um, HomeKit as well as HomeKit secure video and facial recognition and all that stuff. And it just made things much more accessible. And so that's what made us switch away from Ring. And we don't regret it at all. Nope. I don't regret switching away from Ring. I am the last one with Ring. Maybe one day I'll switch. I want you. Yeah, but now you have all these ring alarm devices and everything waiting for you, so... <laughs> yeah, you kind of can't switch. True. We're making it even harder for you to switch. <laughs> yeah, yeah you We're dumping are. all our excess old stuff. That's the good thing about being friends with us, because we don't we don't sell our old tech. I mean, we should, but we usually don't. We just give it away. <laughs> Like, here, yep. you could use this. Enjoy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, especially now, because I don't have any HomeKit stuff. I have my HomePods and my Apple TV, and that is it. I want to get some sensors, but not on the list yet. If you are curious about um, Ring and Ring options, we can do a podcast about that if you, if you would like. Um, I still have, I have a weird ring setup. I'll just be honest about that. Like, my, my ring setup is weird. Um, I just use cameras, not a doorbell. I know, I'm awkward. Uh, uh, but if you want to know more about ring, let us know. We can do a, a podcast about some things. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Covecast. I'm Ashley. 
I'm Yessie. And I'm Daniel. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Covecast, K-O-V-E-K-A-S-T. We hope that you enjoy this episode. If you'd like to request more topics or have suggestions for us, feel free to reach out to us on social media. Thank you again, and have a great night. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.